It's going to be seated.
much to do here before you leave. So go tell the world about me. I was dead, but now I live. I've got to go now for a little while. The goodbye is not the end of the journey. Good morning. I'm going to do something a little different today. I think I know this will be all right. I want everybody to stand this morning for this song because I'm just, I was sitting back there thinking, you know, with all this stuff that we see going on in the world, sometimes even myself as a believer, um, we forget that God is alive, right? Like how, like how can God be alive with all this stuff going on? But you know, I'm here to tell you this morning that he is alive, the grave is empty, the tomb is empty, and I think we have a lot to celebrate for this morning. Can I get an amen for that? The angels are watching over us. With the saints that have gone on before us And they join in a heavenly chorus Singing he is alive, well, he is alive well, He is alive, death is defeated Sin has retreated from the power of the sun well, He is alive 
still rages, but the war has been won. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. The stars and the heavens rejoice with the sun and the moon and with all of the earth and all of creation. From the power of the sun, he is alive. The enemy's faded. The battle still rages, but the war has been won. Jesus seems alive. Jesus seems alive. My God is alive. Turn your Bibles, if you would, to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. Let's honor God's word, if you would, this morning. Please remain standing. Matthew 28, 1 through 10. Matthew 28, 1 through 10. It says, Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took a hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you again 
uh, this morning for the opportunity to be here, uh, Lord, to share your word. And Lord, thank you for our time of, of music and that people are using their gifts and talents, uh, God, to sing praises and lead us in singing praises uh, to you. And so this morning, I, I, we just worship you in everything that we do. You are alive. You are risen. And, and Lord, you have told us to go. And, and those are our two specials this morning tie just amazingly into this uh, short message this morning. Uh, but, but God, we just want to worship you this morning because you are alive. You're not dead. In your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. All right, so resurrection morning, the, the most holiest of holy days in uh, Christianity. And it's a, a morning that I look forward to every year. We get up early and we get to come and, and worship our Lord. And, and we worship him because we have victory. We have victory uh, and he had victory over sin and death, Satan and hell. Uh, today is the day that Jesus proved that he was the perfect sacrifice. Today's the day that he proved that he was God in flesh. Um, in our verses this morning, we see a couple of ladies, two Marys, that go to the tomb uh, where Jesus had been laid. And there's this great earthquake, and an angel of the Lord descends down from heaven and rolls back the stone and sets on it. And, and when I read that, there is a little bit of laughter, I guess, or I find it amusing. This stone was huge, and it would have taken many men to put this stone in front of the tomb. And the reason why they did that, they put the stone in front of the tomb, is, is because they had knew that Jesus had said, I'm going to rise again. So they wanted to try to make it impossible for Jesus to do that. And so they roll this stone in front of the tomb. They place guards there, Roman guards, who would guard that thing to the death. Uh, and what does God do? He sends an angel down from heaven, rolls it back, um, and the leaders didn't want any of that to happen. They wanted to try to stop this. Uh, and, and so the, the angel comes, and I love what verse 3 says. It says, his appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. This angel uh, was, was perfect because it had, this angel had descended from heaven. And, and what happens with these two guards? They are scared to death. They become like dead men. They're so scared. And the first thing I want to cover kind of this morning is that is the expectation of people when they're lost. There is an expectation of fear, eternal fear, and also that we are dead men. Until we are in Christ, we are walking dead men. You are dead without Christ. These guards are scared to death. They're trembling in fear, and they aren't believers. They, they have not believed in Jesus. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you, that literally should give everybody pause on resurrection morning. The absolute holiness of God and our sinfulness how perfect God is and how holy he is. And this angel isn't God, but the appearance is full of light. It's purity. Uh, the, 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 uh, it says it was white as snow. That is a sign of purity. Uh, and, and so this angel's pure because it comes from heaven. In order to be in heaven, we have to be made pure. And that's why resurrection morning is so important. That's why Jesus' death on the cross is so important. Why it's everything. Because without Jesus' death on the cross, we still have a sin debt. Without his resurrection, he isn't God. We're dead in our sins. So there's this pureness that, that is, screams out the gospel of Jesus, even in this angel coming. And we have to acknowledge that we aren't pure. That we are not pure. Only through Christ are we made pure and right in God's eyes. We need a Savior. 
Christ came and lived a perfect life. He, he, our sins were placed on him on the cross and he died for us. Without trusting in him, without believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, we are still dead in our sins. And there should be a fear of judgment that is coming. John 3.36 says, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. God's wrath is wrathful against sin. He, God doesn't like sin so much that he sent his Son to die for it. That should tell us something this morning about that. These soldiers, even after seeing Jesus, they don't believe him. They don't put their faith and trust. They know that Jesus is res has been resurrected. They see the angel. They know there's the tomb empty. If you go down in that chapter, in verses 11 through 15, the, the, the soldiers tell the religious leaders exactly what has happened. And what happens? The religious leaders pay the guards to lie about what really happened. And they go along with the plan. That, and they said, well, the, the disciples came and stole the body while they were sleeping. Uh, so they come up with this plan. So these soldiers even had a reason to, to be fearful because they have not put their faith and trust in Christ. Matthew 10, 28 says, And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. So we should have a reverent fear. There should be a fear, an expectation of judgment, that if you are not in Christ, you should be very scared. But on the hindsight of that, the good part of this is that there is no fear for those in Christ. If you go back to verse 5 in our text, what does the angel say? The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen. Come and see the place where he lay. So these ladies come to the tomb seeking Jesus. Both these Marys had been with Jesus during his ministry. Mary Magdalene, Jesus had driven out seven demons out of her. So she knew who Jesus was. She believed in who Jesus was. She loved him. The other Mary, we're not positive, but she was either Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, or Mary, the wife of uh, Clopas, which is uh, Jesus' aunt. Either way, both of them know who Jesus is. They, they, they believed in him. They had faith in him. They trusted him. They saw his miracles. And so what does the angel say? It's a word for us. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Go and tell the disciples. They hear and they live with great joy. They hear this and they leave with great joy. And then what happens? They meet Jesus. And what is the first thing that Jesus says to them? He says, greetings. It's me. It's me. It's Jesus. And what do they do? They fall down on their feet in worship. They fall down in worship. When we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, that should drive us into awe and worship of him. I want you to turn, turn real quick in a passage. It's uh, Isaiah chapter 6. It's one of my favorite passages. It's when Isaiah has a vision of the Lord. Let's read the first few verses of Isaiah chapter 6. It says this, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Real quick, the book of Isaiah is wrote about 
some debate, but 400 to 600 years before Jesus is ever even born. Now we know, just a little bit of side note here, we know scripture says no one has ever seen the Father. Well, Isaiah here sees the Lord on the throne. Who's he looking at? Jesus. He sees Jesus. And this is his reaction. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. And with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and, and, and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin atoned for. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. Wow. Isaiah sees the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, even before he had been born. And he is in awe and wonder. And he recognizes his sinfulness compared to the glory of God. Isaiah also says, I will go. I will go and serve you. I will go. Listen, when, when we have been cleansed by the Lord Jesus Christ, there should be and there is no longer an expectation of fear and judgment, but one of awe and worship. You know what Jesus didn't say to these two ladies? He didn't say, he didn't even have to tell them, don't be scared. He, he, he just says, you're one of my followers. You, don't be, you have no reason to be scared. You're one of my followers. I just defeated death. I'm risen because of your belief in me. You're righteous in my eyes. You have nothing to be fearful of. And we have nothing to be fearful of, church, in death. Psalms 27.1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. In whom shall I be afraid? Because of resurrection morning, because of what we're celebrating, we know that we have nothing, nothing in this world that can happen to us that we should be fearful about. Nothing. Because we've been forgiven and saved by Christ. Hebrews 13, 6 says, We can confidently say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? There's nothing that can happen to us when you're in Christ that should cause us to fear or be worried about. Hey, we're not living for what's here. We're living for heaven. That's our eternal destination. So what's the final thing I want to cover this morning? It's what the ladies sang about. What's the charge that Jesus gives the two Marys? In verse 10, back in our text, in verse 28, he says, the, Jesus said, said to them, Don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and they will see me. So these two Marys are followers of Jesus. They had believed in him. And what's the first thing that Jesus tells them to do? Go and tell. Go and tell. That is our responsibility now. That is our responsibility. Go and tell others about the resurrection of Jesus. And we see that over and over in Scripture. Men and women are saved. 
They put their faith and trust in who Christ is. And then what do they do? They go and tell. We're commanded to go and tell. We are ambassadors for Christ. I've spoke about this before, 2 Corinthians 5.20. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on the behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. That means who is representing Christ on this earth today? The church. The brothers and sisters. You are. We are God's ambassadors now. It is him telling us, go and tell others about me. We are ambassadors. What's what's the message? What are we supposed to go and tell? Believe in Jesus and you'll be reconciled to God. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Put your faith and trust in him that he's not in the tomb. That he died for our sins. And he rose again three days later. One of my favorite passages of scripture uh, is found in Acts chapter 9. And I'm about ready to close and we'll go downstairs and have us a great resurrection morning breakfast. But turn to Acts chapter 9. I love this. It's, it's the example of the Apostle Paul. It's Acts chapter 9, verses 17 through 22. Acts chapter 9, 17 through 22. It says this, So Ananias departed and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul... The Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized and taking food was strengthened. For some days he was with the disciples at Damascus. And immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue saying, He is the Son of God. And all who heard him were amazed and said, Is not this the man who made havoc in Jerusalem of those who called upon his name? And has he not come here for the purpose to bring them bound before the chief priests? But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ. Wow. So we have this guy named Saul, who his name is later changed to Paul. Who is persecuting the church. We know about Paul. He's arresting Christians in Jerusalem. He's, as the passage tells us, wreaking havoc. And he decides to go to Damascus to wreak more havoc on Christians. And along the road, what happens to him? He encounters the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's blinded. He goes to Damascus. And Jesus sends one of his followers named Ananias to to the apostle Paul. And he shares with them about Christ. He's saved. He regains his sight. And what does he do? Immediately, immediately he goes from being an enemy of God to proclaiming that Jesus is the Messiah. Guys, that's us. That's us. When you, literally, when you become a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, you go from being an enemy of God, separated from God, to now proclaiming what Jesus has done for you. And that isn't just a, listen, that's not just a momentary, just a, a, a short thing that you do for a little while. That is a lifelong thing. That is a lifelong thing. That is our mission. Go and tell about Jesus. Go and tell. 
If you're not a follower of Christ this morning, there, is, there should be and there is a fearful expectation of judgment. Because of sin, you're separated from God. For brothers and sisters here this morning, for the church, there is nothing that we can experience in life that should give us fear. There's nothing. We're good. We're going to be in heaven one day. What happens down here? Ah, let's just go and share. It's all good, right? That's the expectation. And that's the first thing he asked these two ladies to do. He asked them, go tell the disciples that I've risen. Go and share. So my question this morning is, have you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you an enemy of God? For my brothers and sisters this morning, what a joyous morning that we get to celebrate. No longer being enemies of God, but now children of God. Based upon not anything good that we've done, but based on Him and everything that He did for us on the cross and defeating death. I'm going to close us in prayer, uh, and then we'll go downstairs and eat breakfast. You, you'll have a little bit of time to, to fellowship before Sunday school starts at 9, and then we'll have our normal worship uh, at 10. Glad you all got up this morning and, and came out for resurrection morning. It is, this is... I can't say it enough, and I'm going to talk about it more later on uh, in our worship service. The most important morning in Christianity. Because without resurrection morning, we're not here. And there's no point in being here without this. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, this morning for who you are again. You did give us victory over sin and death. We have nothing to fear when we're in you. Without you, Lord, we're lost. And there's an expectation of judgment that's residing upon us. But with you, Lord, we have everything. And you are everything. So we worship you this morning. And Lord, I, I pray that we take serious this message of go and tell about you. Like the ladies sang about, like your word talks about. Go and tell others who you are. Lord, I believe that's the ultimate sign of loving someone. Is to share the truth with them of who you are. Lord, let us be a, a church, a congregation, a body that just does that. We go and share the truth of who you are. In everything we do this morning, we worship you, we love you. Lord, I pray for blessings on this food this morning. I thank you for the guys downstairs that have been cooking hard. God, we just worship you today. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Breakfast is ready. So, guys, make a line and go down and have a great breakfast. God bless you. Thank you for coming.